Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Scene Through Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. I always get nervous with these episodes. Don't be like that. Yeah. <laughs> because I just don't know where it's going to go. I can tell you where it's going to go. About halfway through, we'll turn off with me in the bin. <laughs> it's going to go to hell. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of our Car Park Chats series. Uh, this only launched, well, about a month ago, and it's a new format that we're doing for this year, uh, which basically sees Tony and I joined by Paul Wallace. From Supercars of London. Hello, everyone. Uh, Paul and I do our After the Checkered Flag F1 series, which sits exclusively kind of on our recast page. We actually recorded a new episode this morning. Yes, we did. I am not fresh. <laughs> You're not fresh? No, no, no. I've run out of all of the energy. I used oh. uh, on After the Checkered Flag. Oh, well, do you want to go home? Me and Tony can just do <laughs> no, it. I'm, I'm having a sugar crash after having two <laughs> chocolate bars that tried to give me a bit of energy for today. Well, you just have Don't a wait. monster bar like you normally do. A monster bar? No, no a monster that. drink. I'd have one of them. <laughs> You're thinking of Monster Munch, the crisps. Do you remember them with the little hands? Remember yeah. them? They still exist. You can still oh, buy them. Yeah. I don't eat crisps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no longer all, all available supermarkets. <laughs> did you get them in your... You, no, what stupid question. You didn't get you them in your school, box. did they? Monster Munch. In my school? No, no there's no such thing. No. Well, no, my packed lunch. In your, in, you did you not had a packed lunch? You did yeah. not have a packed lunch. You I, didn't. Who I made a, it? My mum. With some help. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that because she'd be furious. <laughs> she, she would eat me alive. Oh, I'm sending it. I'm no, sending no. this episode. To I her. had packed lunch up until 13, and then 13, we had school cafeteria. A cafeteria? <laughs> so did I. But so you did think, I. You think that? Yeah, no, it's, no, it's what I uh, the uh, Okay. But you think that's, you know, you're laughing. That was my only meal. What by did the they way. serve? Did yes. What did they serve in <laughs> Sam's school cafeteria? Paul was asking the right questions. I didn't realise at the time. Like <laughs> at the time, I was like, "Oh my god, are you insane? Cheese souffle again?" <laughs> but I'm now realising that the food was not only fairly exceptional, but also quite um, refined for 
13 to 18 year olds palates so yeah we used to have lots of things like you know grilled sea bass and cheese souffle and uh french toasts and it was an amazing spread there sounds, was a sounds cheese like a four bar. seasons breakfast it was good actually but i i didn't enjoy it i was always a bit anti the school cafeteria can i can i can i say that um my daughter's exactly the same. That's what she has, sea bass and stuff at school. Yeah, see, there you go. Like yeah, but vegetables yeah, and like... Yeah. I think the new era, education. though, like when Sam was at school versus schools now, they are very much healthy, balanced diet. I was right in that middle ground of going to a normal school where it was literally like chicken burger, chips, fizzy drink every single day. The... The point I think Tony was hinting towards is I went to a ridiculously stupid school that my parents worked incredibly hard to send me to. Tony's done the same thing. <laughs> and I think probably most schools are still serving chicken nuggets. No, yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. thinking you, oh, no, 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 I probably don't know many schools that haven't changed. If you pay through the roof That's like Jamie my Oliver's father and there. Tony did, uh, or does, then uh, yeah, you do get the sea bass and the cheese souffle. <laughs> Which is well, Molly's screwed because she's going to turn out like him. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that bad. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. As <laughs> she's got air. <laughs> anyway, moving on from the personal ribbing. Um, uh, these episodes are supposed to be car themed or car based, but unlike the episodes that Tony and I do every week, we turn up here, all three of us, with no agenda. Uh, I did text you last night saying, please bring topics, because <laughs> otherwise we will end up talking about Tony's daughter's hairline for most of the episode. Um, so I'm hoping you did do that. But because of the unscripted and slightly chaotic nature, the chat will ebb and flow. So bear with us. Um, the, the name of this series came from the premise of us three standing around in car parks and talking absolute crap. So that is what you're going to get. And it, and, it, and it is literally, if you can imagine a group of friends in a, in a WhatsApp group, we're almost bringing our WhatsApp group to you guys live. That's exactly That's basically it. Yeah. What it is. And really live over on Recast, we've got a load of lovely live viewers, uh, Ryan Smith, uh, Alex RG1, Geron, uh, Graham Colley, etc. Um, Jones saying, don't read this because he knows that it's a, a distraction. So um, uh, Ryan's actually asking, no turkey, dinosaurs, chips and beans. That's what it was all about back in the day. I wonder whether it's still existing today, but I'm pretty sure like the Jamie Oliver revolution revolution yeah. has has kind of tried to strip away the processed foods and and brought in a little bit more of a balanced diet but sadly i'm not going back to school no i probably could do with it though sure <laughs> help your diet um and your right. brain <laughs> i'm i'm just looking actually because uh, i'm trying to see if i can repeat some of this chat on our whatsapp I mean, it's utter garbage. It's garbage. It's, it's total garbage. It's not garbage. worth repeating. It is this is actually better than our WhatsApp chat, I think. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. I will, I will then segue us into cars. Let's do that. Let's move away from the school chat. Um, <laughs> Ferrari Roma. Spider. Oh, yeah. Launched last week. We, I think we all knew it was coming, right? This yeah. is basically the replacement for the Portofino. Love it. Because... Oh, straight in. I didn't straight, even ask. Straight in. He's absolutely... Really? No. No. <laughs> so a little bit more context. Yeah, this, this replaces the Portofino because as we all knew, despite what Ferrari said, the Roma was a Portofino coupe. Um, and then especially when the Portofino M, that was literally a Roma. Uh, but they've changed it up. And so now your entry-level Ferrari is either Roma coupe or Roma spider. The difference being, I guess, with the Roma spider is for the first time in... 60-odd years for Ferrari, it's a soft-top convertible. 
Is that an exaggeration? 60 years? No, I think it was a Daytona, wasn't it? Or something like that. The last soft top convertible was donkey's years. What about the 360? That's not... No, uh, wait a minute. Weren't the... um, Yeah, the 360 was a... And the the 355. And the the 430. Uh, Sorry, soft top GT. Right. I went to Ferrari press release. What about the 550 Barchetta? No, because that's not a roof. It's not a roof. That was a tent. It actually was sold without a roof. That was just a, uh, what okay. they called a rain and cover. I'm pretty sure you could get a hard top for the Barchetta as well. I, uh, it's, it's, Do you even know what that is? <laughs> I mean, I know what it is, but I'm not really interested because it, it, it was won't called work. a tonneau because it was manual. Yeah, it was okay. called a, it didn't work. A tonneau cover, I think they called it. Uh, okay. Um, so let me just see. Uh, I want to read the actual release. But it anyway, looks, it so, looks terrible. Yes, thank you. That's what I was trying to get yeah. to. But they couldn't put a hard top on there because there'd been no room, by the way. So they had to be and weight. It's already a heavy car. Mm. Uh, and they they wouldn't have had the room to put a hard top in, in the back. They had to have a soft top. Did they not think about that though when they designed the coupe though? Surely a forward-thinking business. Well, I mean, they are Italian, aren't they? So they probably didn't. And they think that, yeah, they'd have thought, they didn't think. No. It's the first soft-topped front-engined Ferrari for 54 years. Wow. The last one being the 365 GTS 4. Well, that probably should have told them something. But <laughs> yeah, why, why bring it back? Yes. Their sales have been okay without them. But but I get that it wouldn't have had space. What about weight? Well, the Ro- the Roma is the standard car. is actually quite light compared to its competitors. It, I think it's probably the lightest, 1,500, 1,600 so kilos. I think 1,700 wet. Is it? I think it's 1,700 wet, right. I, th- I think. So that's still lighter than a Turbo S, a Bentley Continental, and the... Aston, yeah, still the lightest. The DBS, yeah. So, as well, when you build a car, normally you want the weight at the bottom of the car. If it's a heavy car, you want the weight low down as opposed to high up. If you put a hard top on, it it, it just probably wouldn't. It wouldn't. They're not accept. They mm. wouldn't accept it to drive like a Ferrari. It's a bit like if you spec an unnecessary and unuseful glass sunroof for a pure sangway that <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna do it's a throwback to our episode last week which i listened to on the plane back from saudi i'll well, have you know go on get in the mix are you someone don't listen to him whispering in your ear <laughs> we've had thinks- so many conversations Away this? from you about the pure sangue. Okay, no, I don't want I don't really care about pure sangue. Oh, okay, go on. Are you someone that thinks it's essential to spec a glass sunroof or what, what would you call it? You know, panoramic sunroof when it's possible. Yep. On a big car. On it on any car. Because I just come back from Barcelona in the F type and my F type was specced with a pan roof and it was the best thing. I couldn't believe how long I'd be missing out on the pan roof. So uh, why is he going so excited about the F-Type? Because he's found that he's going he's to start talking about the F-Type. Uh, before he does, I'm actually going to praise you, by the way, uh. because I wanted, to, I wanted to bring it up. Your introduction on your last video, the, um, the opening clip yeah. was one of the, the best things I've seen from an automotive YouTuber. Oh, that's was that the drone of, footage uh, by yeah. any chance? Hold on, Paul. Hold was on. that the drone hold footage by any chance? Hold on, Paul. He had Paul. a stump Can, I, can I just on. say another thing as well? Let me just God. sit in this moment because it's the, one of the first times Tony's given me a compliment. <laughs> uh, okay. But I'll before let... you go on, the introduction of Paul is one of the worst I've ever <laughs> <laughs> It's him, isn't it? Isn't it him? I don't know. It's just <laughs> you going, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so that's very kind of you to say. Yeah. Um, we are going to get into that. Actually, it's a good thing that we should talk about that F-type chip. All I was, the reason I was literally f- 
fuzzing at the mouth is because the F-Type pan roof is one of the best in the entire car market mm. because you literally sit directly under it, where in so many pan roofs, they start <laughs> behind the driver's seat, right. especially in SUVs. Above your head is usually actual, um, what's called material. You're not benefiting from the pan roof, but when you're on the F-Type, oh, so you good. genuinely feel like you're in a convertible. So that's the reason I was freaking out about uh, that, because okay. you, you finally realised that. Sort of, it's sort of got to be above you in an F-Type, though. It's only a two-seater. I mean, you've got <laughs> yeah. the be behind you, be on the road. But even in a port, in, even in a 911, if you have the the... Um, the roof, the roof, the roof on a nine eleven. You don't really notice it that much, but in an F type, you massively do. Mm. It was uh, a real big thing for me. So let's talk about that F type trip. Actually, Tony, first, thank you very much. Very kind words. Um, was great fun filming that. Uh, <laughs> actually, how long did I, it take you? Well, here we go. Let's get into it because Paul is desperate to take some credit for this. All, I'll take all the credit because the driving was phenomenal. You will take some of the credit. Uh, <laughs> was about, you driving? Yeah. Well, I was his stunt driver. I said to him the day before, I was like, if you need any stunt driving, any cool shots of me driving, drifting, sideways, tire smoke, anything you need, I'm your guy. What did he do? Wake me up at sunrise to go and stunt drive for him. He stretched it a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> so when we got the invite for the event about two or three weeks beforehand, we were chatting amongst ourselves, me, Paul and Archie, trying to work out what our different angles would be because it's been a while since we've all been on the same event, same cars, same road. And we're aware that over the years, some part of the audience have been frustrated when we all do very similar things. So, And also the F-Type isn't a new car. So there's no real angle on, it was the last version of it. So yeah, it's, so it's a done car as well. We were trying to figure out, yeah, what, what would we each want to do? and how could we help each other create some unique content and very early on I think I kind of worked out that I wanted to try and replicate that uh, V12 Vantage piece that Jeremy Clarkson did for Top Gear I don't know if you remember Tony it was like a send-off piece really like beautifully filmed a bit emotional he never really said very much but it was talk, yeah, yeah, yeah it was just a really really cool cool piece of content and I thought you know for me this is a send-off piece to the F-Type I kind of want to do something a little bit similar and uh, Paul was like yeah no sounds, sounds kind of different <laughs> if I can help at all like whatever I said well I'll probably get up for sunrise so like you don't have to do that like we, I can just come and find you later in the day and Paul's like no no I'll get up I was like oh Sure, please, yeah. please do. So uh, we got, actually, it wasn't that early. No, it was no, like no, no. 6.30 or something. Like yeah. um, went up the road, found a perfect place to stop. Uh, thought, here we go, we'll, just, we'll, we'll get some shots here. And the sun rise was perfectly located at the place where we stopped. And then I said, well, look, actually, seeing as you're here, it would help if you drove the car so I could fly the drone. Because uh, I didn't trust him to fly the drone. So uh, <laughs> Even get, though I've got the same drone. I would rather me drive. <laughs> I wouldn't have trusted him to drive. <laughs> you know, could have crashed the drone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, here, take my hat, take my, take my jacket, and off you go, sir. So, yeah, most of that footage in that intro two minutes is actually of Paul driving apart from when you can see me. Um, so it was a good little team effort, but I'm pretty yeah. sure I've got footage of Archie putting on your jacket and cap to be your stunt driver in the drone. Yeah, here you go. Look. So that was later on in the day in some footage that was not used in the final edit. Oh, did you not use any no. of it? We were trying to do a shot of all three cars <laughs> together because we had three cars on the day and, uh, uh, yeah, you, you can't fly the drone like I wanted to fly it and drive a car. Um, and my my drone doesn't have auto track feature. And even if it did, you wouldn't get the shots that I wanted to get. So I said, right, someone needs to drive the green F-Type. And I said, well, yeah, Archie, you do it. Let's dress you up like me because I was wearing a hat all day. Um, it would have good, looked good, but I just didn't end up using that footage. But um, tell me, Paul, your thoughts, because I don't think you'd driven 
facelift F-Type up until no, that point? No, no, no. The only F-Type that I'd ever driven was an F-Type SVR. I drove it on track at Rockingham. That was the first Jag event I ever did. And then they lent it to me for a week. Um, and I made the terrible error. Tony will love this story. I know what you're going to say because I've heard it four million times. <laughs> I had an Audi TTRS just before the F-Type SVR. Crash. And for those that have driven a TT with Quattro, it's very hard to get that car out of shape. It has so much mechanical grip and it's light, but it's not crazy power like the F-Type SVR. Um, and I don't know what the bias is of how much goes to the rear and how much goes to the front. But I was driving around the TTRS like a proper hooligan going, Quattro power, love this. Um, swapped in literally back to back into the F-Type SVR going, that's ah, four wheel drive. Let's see what happens. And oh my God, I got so out of shape. Instantly around a roundabout, I nearly lost it, which is living up to this character that you seem to portray me as as someone that crashes a lot of cars. And well, it's true. We're just truth tellers, Paul. <laughs> we're just truth tellers. Yeah. <laughs> we're just telling the truth. And uh, it was it was it was a real moment where I felt so alive behind the wheel on a car that even though it was technically four-wheel drive, just wanted to kill you. And so from that moment, they're the only two cars that I'd driven. Fast forward to a couple of weeks ago at the, on the Barcelona trip. Like I was just eager to get back into the car. And I've spent so much time in the passenger seat of F-Types because you will always be the one that drives into Monaco. I'll just jump out and do the car spotting. Um, that I had so many memories from the passenger seat. Actually getting back behind the wheel of one was quite nostalgic. And I didn't want to obviously go down the route of making an emotional piece, but I've got loads of memories of just being on road trips with you or like even at Dub Customs where I was ripping off the white dots that you had on the door and turning one into a Pac-Man. Like there was loads of F-type memories that I had um, that were just like kind of running through my brain whilst I was driving it, but it was a very cool 24 hours. And you enjoyed the R, right? The P575? Oh, it was, it was yeah. so much faster than I was expecting. So much more agile as well. Like you kind of look at it as like a big sports GT car. The majority of them that are made by Britons like Aston Martin and stuff, they're not quite as sporty as some of the other ones. But I, I really enjoyed driving it. It does suit my driving style as well. Super comfortable. The sound system was amazing. Everything worked. The sound was wicked, even though obviously it's been muted over the years with the OPF or whatnot. Um and obviously it looked epic in satin black. Yeah, satin black was yeah. so for you. It's so funny because those cars do absolutely um, S-H-I-T, uh, <laughs> for our younger viewers who can't spell, uh, a brick value-wise, right? You know, yeah. I think there's a really nice one up at Alexander's Prestige, green and tan, that's been sitting there at like 65 grand for a new shape R. But I'm biased, and Tony, don't completely crush my heart here, but I think when they do... Bot not bottom out, but when they do start to approach those kind of numbers, they represent good value F-types throughout the range, wouldn't you say? Even like the early V6s, V8s, because they might not always be as dynamically accomplished as their rivals or technologically as loaded, but they are pretty unique. And a, a 40 or 50 grand, 60 grand, 575 horsepower, all-wheel drive Jag, that's a pretty good proposition at 60 odd grand. Yeah, they're loads they're load better value than all of their competitors when you look at a 911 or uh, or an Aston Martin, um, particularly them two. They're miles better value. And actually, um, not maybe not to drive dynamically, but to sit in, especially that new shape one, 
It's arguably just as nice a place to sit. Definitely, definitely than the Aston. I mean, historically as well, the Jaguar has always been better, a better car, always from the XK, even before that, it's always been a better car than the equivalent Aston Martin as would, a car. Would you say that the F-Type is a Vantage or a DB11 rival? Vantage. Vantage rival. Yeah, for sure. I'd have a, I'd have a Vantage over an F-Type. And I thought about this as well. I Why? think oh, it's a way better car to drive. No, it's not. Other, other than the old Mercedes infotainment system, the Aston Martin is a way better car than the F-Type. Um, I would also probably have an AMG GTS. That's the that's probably the thorn in the side of an F-Type. I think mm. an AMG GT in pretty much any guise is the one that I... Because I think Vantage... It's too. It's much stiffer. It's more of a sports car than the F type, but the AMG GTS provides that more comfy GT element to that setup. And I think the Vantage is lacking in character and personality that the Jag has got too much of. Yeah. While the AMG, you're not getting in that car looking for it to have a whole load of personality. Um, it's sort of it's a Merc, so mm. you sort of know what you're getting for. So you're not let down. Well, with the, I think with an Aston, you want it to feel inherently special. And everyone I've spoken to who's spent a certain amount of time owning or just driving that new shape Vantage after two to three months, they all go, it's just feeling a bit numb to me. Like they, they, yeah, they yeah. lose that sort of thing. Well, I think F-types grow on you in, in ownership the, experience. The, the problem is as well, if if you want a proper driver's car in that category, you don't buy any of them, you buy the 911. So actually after the 911, because in my opinion, the 911 is the best one. After that, it's sort of like, take your pick which one you want. And actually, do you know what? Out, out of them four cars after the 911 I probably would have the Jag well I can die a happy man <laughs> I'm literally because you just get more, bed to totally work up on this no you just get more for your money like you said Agreed. you get like a 2021 car for mid 60s or you can have a 2017 AMG GTS with 15 year old infotainment system no thanks in a GT car who cares how dynamic if you want to, if you want to drive buy and buy the 911 because that's better than all of them I, I still think there's also... And the Vantage is nearly 100 grand. It so depends on your driving desires. Because, you know, the, for me, 911s, yes, uh, amazing. It's the car that does everything. But also can be a little bit dull in some situations. It can be too good in some areas. And is at its best when you start to really throw it around They're tight corners. They're all too good, by the way. Well, they're, they're except all good. the F-Type. <laughs> I think the F-Type actually it is the worst dynamically rewards you the most though, oh it's a fantastic yeah, but, yeah. do you remember I'm on our road to... trip like he was saying actually I'd much rather be in like a, a lighter car yeah because it, it's the best car for any journey when you're by yourself but the minute you start trying to crack on with other cars it shows itself up for being a bit sloppy for being a bit heavy for not necessarily having the, the turn in etc of the of the rivals um, I wanted to be in the rear wheel drive is what I wanted to be on, on that when we did our trip but, yeah. but I, I just think it, it rewards you in so many other areas. So whilst you might go quicker around the Nürburgring in the 911, on that long distance road trip up to Aberdeen or down to Spain or whatever, the f is going to bring you so much more smiles than than any of its rivals. The imperfect car is always the one that will give yeah. you, give, like connect with you more emotionally. The one that's computerized and does everything, a bit like a, a 911, or the Vantage, because I had one for three months. I think I put about four and a half thousand miles on it. It was after about two weeks that I realized this is such a good A to B car. 
all of a sudden the the sportiness and the specialness kind of gets stripped away as you get desensitized at just kind of like doing the steering wheel with one figure popping down to the shops the boots big enough the fuel economy is actually quite good around the m25 and you're like oh this is just a really really good car you actually end up using it more for your daily drive rather than taking it out for those special drives where you're going to connect with it and where you're going to get the smile on your face so it does just become a little bit numb and you get desensitized to it happens Speaking about uh, numb, desensitized vehicles, uh, <laughs> Tony, oh, yeah. you got a new work car this week. Oh, uh, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. What'd you get? The Defender 90 commercial. Well, now I, I said numb and desensitized. I actually love this. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will know I'm a big Defender fan. So where did the inspiration come? Because you obviously you've been living out of a van for a while. Well, no, he's got a house. No, <laughs> I'm not sure he does. He pretends to. He's nowhere near as rich as he claims, Tony. There's no, uh, this... a lot of people in the comments I'm not as well. <laughs> <laughs> they know the truth. Uh, so yeah, why the switch from... From the traditional van oh, into the I just Defender. Fancied, um, more space. I just fancied driving something nicer. So hmm. I got my, got my, put my hand in my pocket, got no money, and uh, just thought I'd buy myself a new car. And and is it significantly nicer? Love it. Why do you need a van? What do you transport? I've never seen you carry anything around. Have you seen the size of his dog? Yeah, but apart from his dog. I think a dog goes everywhere. This is the work vehicle, by the way. If I had his dog, it would go everywhere with me. The real reason? He's scared of it. Go on, yeah. Company car tax. Uh huh. You just need a commercial vehicle. Yeah, for work. To take benefit of, yeah. Yeah. And that's the most car-y commercial vehicle you could find. Brilliant. Yeah. It's literally a car, but it's commercial. Yeah. It's brilliant. Because as well, and this is, when we spoke about this before with Defenders... I would have not in a million years bought an old Defender. So I'm a new customer to the for the Defender brand because it because it does literally everything. The old Defender, we've had this conversation before, same with that Ineos Grenadier. It does one thing really well. The Defender does everything really well. So I I'm a new customer for the Defender and it's brilliant. Does the hard separation between the cabin and the rear like does it impact do you feel like it's you've lost any space in the front cabin no no so they must just put it just behind where no noise difference no. it literally feels like you're in a normal three-door defender fine and you've got the two seat you haven't got the three seats up front do no, you two seats. see i would have the bench at the front just i only need two seats though. well yeah but sometimes work. Well, i mean not, i've got what, a car if, what, well. the, what if the three of us wants to go to an event somewhere well we'll take a car Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Why would we get in that? Just be cool. Just be cool. I like what, what three up at the front. Going, yeah. Hello, Hello, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, can get, you can get three in my van, but it'd be tight. Even with a you know three seats in the Defender, they don't make it wider. I mean, no. it's the same yeah, yeah. One. So it would be tight for three adults. So Fair. I mean, I've got plenty of cars at work. We're just going to have a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think we're planning to go anywhere altogether no. anytime soon. <laughs> Not but in the same car. I I am definitely coming. Back round to Defender. I mean, I never really went off it, but obviously I had that experience last year when Alexander's lent me that one for three months. And I just, there were too many flaws for me with the 90 as an actual personal car. It's true. Um, yeah, it, it, it's 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 flawed. Um, but I just think, well, we got, there's going to be an SV coming soon, isn't there? At some point, we keep seeing test shots. Mm. Where, whether it's going to be an SV, there's some kind of special variant coming in camouflage. Um, 130 is too big. I thought the V8 was the special one. They made out that the V8 was the special one. I think it was just, 
They just had a V8. One mm. one thirty's too big. Too big. One ten massive. It's one, like an American school bus. Yeah, but one, I think it's for that market. One oh, well, ten is perfect if you've got a family with with but kids. But is it in it's the sense, still too big? I think. I think no, it's, too big. it's not too big. It's only what what is it? It's, it's just it's probably no bigger than a lengthwise, no bigger than a Range Rover Sport. Is but it? But it's not always just the length, the height for. If you live in a city, multi-story car parks, mm. the kind width, of multi-story car park. Um, yeah, but you have to be careful with some of them. The one that I go into wouldn't fit a Defender. You're joking. Nope. I had the new shape BMW X6 M40. Was it the M40, the one that I had? The blue one? Yeah, I think you did. Even M40, that yeah. felt like it was really tight in the car parks for the shopping centres. Yeah. So the, the, the Defender is Don't short. go shopping then. Okay, so I'm oh. getting... I'm, what did you... Hey, you've got to support your local, local stores... Not, what not, not what did you say it was big as? What did you say? Range Rover. Range Rover. Sport, he did say sport. Dimensions. Yeah, Range Rover Sport. Yeah, not big Range Rover. Oh, wow. They're definitely it's much bigger than that, I think. Dimensions. Are we talking about 110? Uh, 110. So, yeah. Um, it won't be a lot. No chance. The length, five, five, five metres. <laughs> I love how he's going to go talking about millimetres. <laughs> 5,145. <laughs> five metres for the Defender, just over. Actually, just, yeah. 5.1 meters and 4.9 for the sport uh with the range of a sport is 1.8 and the defender is two oh, and height it's not, it's, it is massive no it's height, not yeah, yeah. Uh, i actually haven't got makes a big height. difference where's the where in our little height? poxy car park spaces you get someone parking next to you opening a door on it for sure it's bit dude the defender is big the defender is big i can't find the height but anyway congratulations Love let's it. see how let's see how you get on. I hope you get on well because I do think they are cool. Well, usually looking forward for a ride and uh, down to the football. Are you guys going to football again? Are we? Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. Or what to play or to watch? To play. Uh. Me and Tony go down with the lads. To... <laughs> do you remember when Tony said he was as good as Lionel Messi? To... <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> he did. His arg oh. his argument was him and me would easily be able to have a kickabout with Lionel Messi, whereas we wouldn't be able to jump into an F1 race and have a drive around with Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, we would. The point being... Only if he weren't driving. Only if he weren't <laughs> yeah, moving. Yeah, yeah. We could all get into cars and just go around a circuit with Lewis Hamilton. You could go to a football pitch and kick around with Lionel Messi. You two could not last five minutes in any kind of competitive nature in a Premier League football match with not just Messi, I'm talking about Bromley, who's I, a really crap Premier League I reckon League I could if I was in goal. You Brom had not got Brom hope in hell. Bromley? <laughs> I don't know, who's a bad, who's a bad <laughs> Premier League team? I'm I'm just about Bromley. Bromley, they're non-league A 100% he was thinking right. of Burnley, who still aren't in the Premier League. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I was thinking of Bromley. Um, but <laughs> you're, you're super unrealistic with this claim. That you think just because you play football, you have a really good understanding of what Messi does. And it's similar. He plays football. You play football. It's the same. I, never I, dr said that. I drive. Hamilton drives. It's the same. I never you said, said that. you can understand because the mechanics are similar. You can imagine or you can understand or it's easier for you to interpret or, or analyse. You was going in on him. I was because I hate Messi. He's slow to hype. No, 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 no. Never delivered <laughs> <Slow enough. laughs> No, you, you was going in on Lewis Hamilton telling, saying that he should just retire and that's it. He's no good anymore. And I, and I pulled you up and said that you, you, you as a human being, because you've never experienced what he's experienced in F1 car, none of us have. Well, 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 you, you, well you as, as David from Brisbane, one of our live viewers is from London, <laughs> I can, because I've actually driven an F1 car to but, but, but not under the pressures that, that they have, just like me and Paul played football all our lives, but not under the pressures that 
Messi has. And that's the difference between him being a, a top professional and us just being layman's. Yeah, yeah. But so, what I'm saying is the grasp of football is loads easier to grasp than you can almost feel the sensation in football, right? Everyone's kicked a ball. Every- Mate, everyone's driven a car. No, no, no. Yes. no, but, no. They, the, yeah. but an F1 <laughs> car, it's not, it's not comparable to any car you're ever going to drive. Have you driven one? No. Well, I have. Let me tell you <laughs> how you, it is comparable. Let, me, t- let me tell you how it is pro- comparable. But let me tell you how it is comparable. Acceleration. It's embarrassing Excel- that you're even <laughs> saying <laughs> Acceleration. <laughs> I've driven an F1. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> listen, listen to me. Embarrassing. Listen to me. Acceleration. You've accelerated in a Bugatti Veyron and a 918 Spider, am I correct? Yeah. Take that, times it by 1.52. The... the, the Sensation is similar. It's just continued and more aggressive. You will not accelerate flat out in a Formula One car and go, this is not like anything I've ever experienced before. My brain cannot comprehend it. It's acceleration. Okay, so that's the first point. Correct. Second point. That's not the big point though, going in a straight line. Second point, (laughs) braking. Very, 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 very hard to understand just how capable the brakes are, especially about temperature and things like that. But... Braking is a force and something that you have experienced if you've driven any kind of race car. I'm not talking about road cars. You have to have driven a race car to have unassisted braking feel, pedal feel, etc. But I know you have driven a Slicks and Wings car, right? Yeah, but... So, hold on a sec. So, so braking. So, it's, it's that... It's, it's a race car braking times X and Z. Aerodynamics. The hardest part to understand and the hardest part to experience, which I definitely did not experience, because mechanical grip of a Formula One car is so high. Exactly. So go back to Paul's TTRS, where he said I couldn't get the thing to step out. The initial mechanical grip from a Formula One car is of that level that someone like me, who's driving around 40 seconds off the lap time of a, of a F1 driver. 40. Easy, well, a minute and a half, whatever you Easy. want to say. <laughs> it was actually 42 seconds, but... Um, <laughs> 
uh, one lap forty to seven. That's embarrassing. Um, I wouldn't admit to that. We we won't say that as well. That the track was half half a minute shorter. <laughs> but I mean, it's, good. it's I was, all unraveling for you. I was all in the mechanical. Group. I wouldn't be so, telling anyone I drive no, an F one car. No, me too. Aero, uh, aero. I agree is the hardest thing to understand what it's like to drive a car on the edge relying on aerodynamic grip because you're trusting on you know the, the aerodynamics pushing the car into the ground which we don't experience in the world i don't care who you are going, well my gt4's got a wing so i know all about aero you have no freaking clue no chance <laughs> but but that is something which you could comprehend or understand it's the only part cornering speed is the only thing that any racing driver says is the mind-boggling thing about four cars is the speed that they can go through corners and you would never but get that I, I, me personally no but that's a confidence thing right and if you Even spend if was confident if you spent three days in slicks and wings cars building up to the f1 car you would because no for example for example on the day that I drove the car, they put us out in F4 cars to begin with, right? That have very, very minimal downforce and are at much lower speeds. And on the start of the day, you're going through the fast right-hander, which they do on the actual Grand Prix. So I can't, I don't know what number it is. And you start off and you're like shifting down gears, you're braking. By the end of the session, you've realised that it's completely flat. Now you get into the F1 car, the speeds are way higher, but the mechanical and aerodynamic grip are also way higher. So at that point, you are told and you are led to believe that corner is flat. And your understanding from the F4 car lets you go, right, if I'm flat in the F4 car, I can be flat in the F1 car because everything is times X amount. So, okay, average punter walking down the street in his Fiat Panda, can he understand what it's like to drive a Formula One car? I don't think so. But the three of us, no, the three of us who have driven a huge range of cars on and off track, Paul has also driven some variety of single-seater that claimed to be an F1 car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tony, you've driven cars with slicks and wings. You understand aerodynamics and mechanical grip. It is that times and uh, 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 with a multiple. I, I completely understand that. We would never get to that multiple. We'd never get to that point because we're not good enough. Yeah, that, you would. No, we you wouldn't. would. You would never, ever. So what you're trying to say is with some practice, within a few seconds, you could get to the same lap time as Lewis. Of course, oh. it's the same lap time. But that's what you're I saying. You can, go around, you, can go, you can go around the corner. You you could go around the corner. So basically, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a scenario, right? Cops mm -hmm. at um, Silverstone. Mm-hmm. It's flat in an F1 car, 200 mile an hour. And the only reason why they can't go around there faster is because of the friction of the tyre when you turn the wheel, mm -hmm. right? In, a, in a, 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 an F4 car, for instance, you probably do that at 100. And even then you're thinking, flipping hell, this is fast, right? In a, in a, in a really good, uh, how else would I explain? In a, in a Senna which is just about as good as a road car, you'd probably go around their similar speeds. You're going around their double the speed, completely flat, and you do that for 50-odd laps consistently. It, it, we, we would never, ever get to that level. Um, that What I'm trying to say, the, the football comparison is, is that, yeah, M Messi's talent is far greater than, in my opinion, than anyone who ever kicked a ball. The sensation is the same. We've all kicked the ball into a net. The sensation is the same. Yeah, he can kick it harder and he's loads more skillful. We would never, ever get that sensation in an F1 car because we haven't got the talent. 
I, I think that's a completely fair statement. But the reason that I'm going to challenge you is your your belief that you understand Messi better than Hamilton because what you have never done is taken a penalty at a World Cup for your nation's side in a semi-final or final. And you've also never gone up against... And I won't be able to. And you've never gone up against and you don't know what it would be like to play against 11... Premier League or professional I football get players. The ball. But you also, but you can't comprehend it. No. You might have played a really great five-a-side team from Bromley, oi oi, um, <laughs> and thought, wow, they're good, like that was a lot. But you, as an average punter who's kicked a ball, it's not just the mechanics of kicking the ball. I agree that the speed would blow your mind. and I don't think even in a day you could get within five seconds of a Formula One lap that time. Would be, that would be the football equivalent as well, by the way. I would never, and not many people do, can think how many millions and millions of people play football across the world. There's only really a select number of people that, that, that play Premier League football, real high-level football, because of the fault and speed. You would never, ever get up to speed if you thought you was good. And, and me and Paul played at a half decent level, and we we you know we played with people that played at a higher level than us, and you can see the level difference. Mm. It's like when you go when you look at like touring car drivers or or GT three drivers, they're still unbelievable. But if if you have one of them sitting here now, like you take like like Ollie or or Max Chilton, um, very unbelievable drivers, but. There's just another level and they, to a certain degree, would be able to tell us and understand, Max especially, because he, he's driven an F1 car flat out, he, you know. But but you, you, you cannot comprehend the what they go through, their bodies, the skill level of doing that, not just one lap, all the while. Whereas a football match, yeah, I get what you're saying about it being... Uh, you know the, the the fault and the speed and the physicality and the physic it's everything because it's top level sport it's the same Paul played tennis at a really high level and he was good but we've had loads of chats about it before like and I said to him well, what if you played someone decent professional and he said like he, he wouldn't even get near the women pros and that's a you know I'm saying I'm not saying that's derogatory to all <laughs> yeah. no 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 but oh, I, I knew that. there was a mistake going live each week <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that derogatory what oh, I'm no, saying I know what you're trying to say is just physicality, yeah, yeah, physicality yeah, yeah. and the level yeah yeah of course so I could hit the ball as hard as the women professional tennis players but it's it's the consistency in their ball placement and their um and their fitness levels like the way that they can play um, but it's their it's, conditioning. It's two sets down in a quarter yeah, final. Like yeah. the, the, the mental and the physical element of any elite sport athlete is is so much higher than anyone else. I think we're also completely ignoring the the dedication and and commitment that all of these elite athletes are putting into their craft because um, we see a ninety minute football match and if they play rubbish live useless like they've completely lost it we see two races try and get the ball uh, off them yeah yeah you see two races of lewis hamilton in this season you're like he's 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 lost it he hasn't got a championship winning car look at him his 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 mentality's dipped down um but these guys have have kind of gone through this elite level of conditioning that it's never we're never going to experience what an entire season is like but that's just like not even the tip of the iceberg of these football players that have been playing from the age of six and a lot of them now are going into academy level at the age of eight or nine my nephew's 11 and one of his friends has already signed with a 
academy football club yeah, and it's early, yeah. basically been pulled out of recreational football yeah. he's not allowed to play with his friends now yeah um it's and the that, same with f1 mate look yeah, at, yeah. Look, all the red Bull and the all these academy teams you ask now. you ask professional football players like what are your happiest memories of playing football a lot of them will say just playing in the part of my mates when yeah. i was about 10 yeah because it becomes their life yeah. that they then dedicate to that a lot of people only see the tip of the iceberg of that 90 minute football match that three set five set match whatever um, or that 50 laps in 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 Jeddah and go, bloody hell, Norris has lost it, hasn't he? Yeah, I think that's analysis. Yeah, you're you're right. That trying to understand the intricacies of sport in general and also Formula One. But I, the the bit that bugs me is 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 is, <laughs> is, the, is the yeah is the the thought that it's simply impossible to comprehend what driving an F1 car must be like. And I know you love to mob me up, Tony, but I'm speaking from a teeny bit of experience. And I'm, I'm just trying to tell you, it's not as unfathomable as you think. And it's for us. No, no, I, I'm telling you from experience. It's, <laughs> it's not as unfathomable. I know I, I know my experience was different. I know I did three laps. I know I wasn't fast, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you the actual physical experience, which is what you think. Forget the sportsmanship side of it. They just purely the physicality or the experience of driving a Formula 1 car. So there's another company which Seb Delaney actually just did uh, an experience down in Portimao with. And they do, uh, I think it's a Williams, a 2013 or 2012 Williams F1 car, driving experiences at four different tracks in Europe. Their top package I just checked, it's 10 laps, cost 17,000 euros. Wow. Now I reckon- Waste of money. I reckon, it's not a waste of money. I reckon- you should do it, sorry. Yes, so hold on a second. If we really worked at this, and I'm actually going to reach out to a couple of sponsors because I actually think there's something in this, and fully prepped you, I would talk about going to do Slicks and Wings track days, two or three Slicks and Wings track days in the UK, coaching on a simulator with Max Chilton, like all the prep. I reckon within those 10 laps, you could be within five or maybe three seconds of the back of the Formula One grid at that circuit. No way. No yep. chance. Yep. No way. No I do. chance. Yep. No way. Because, firstly, I've seen Tony drive. <laughs> and secondly, whenever you do speak to professional racing drivers, they all say if you have the ability, and we see this with F2 drivers, with drivers from other series coming in to do random tests, the ability to get up to speed in a Formula One car, if you have experience, is not the hard part. The hardest part, supposedly, is the final second. The final Always second is, is what though. is what makes the difference, but even with teammates, and you can see it throughout the field actually, that your baseline ability as a racing driver or a driver means that you can get into a Formula One car and after a period of time, you can get up to speed. But, but it's, three or it's, five seconds a lap is not getting up five to speed. Second, five seconds you're a, miles off. Yeah, five seconds, but but you're you're gonna get ten laps on a Formula One car. Ten laps on a Formula One car. Enough. I think you, I think with enough prep, no chance. Ten laps of a Formula One car, you could get five seconds off the back of the field. If you are so determined to think that that's not correct, I'm willing to try and organise this. I don't. I, no chance. Okay. I don't. And I consider myself to be like half oh. decent. Put if I can make, if I can make it happen, put some money on it, please. If you it'd be are, funny to see him lose it. If you are within five, if you are within oh, five yeah, seconds, yeah. oh, we have to take this really seriously. Yeah, I really yeah. mean it, like proper prep. I don't think I've ever seen you road or track not go flat out. <laughs> <laughs> but if you lose, if you are within five seconds of the back of the field, so whoever qualified last, whatever their lap time was, we have to check on. I mean, also uh, era specific. 
No, I'm not talking about modern day F1 cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Era specific, five seconds. You then have to buy me the experience. So it'll cost you 17,000 euros. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll do that because I'll oh, no, sure you're gonna, that. Yeah. <laughs> You'll slow down at the oh, final you'll, you'll, Yeah, you'll see I'll right there. The just lift off just yeah. before we cross the line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't make it, Sam. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too funny. So I actually had a conversation with Ollie whilst I was watching the Jetta Grand Prix. And I said, because obviously that circuit in particular, it's a street circuit, it's incredibly fast. And for me, not having all of the race experience, terrifying. So I said to Ollie, I was like, if you had to jump into an F1 car and race next weekend, would you be scared or would you be there or thereabouts with the guys at the F1? I wouldn't be scared. That's the first thing he said. He'd be like, no, I'd, I'd 100% go flat out and yeah. I'd, I'd back myself to be there or thereabouts because he's raced with Kevin Magnussen. He's beat him a lot during his junior. He would just need that prep. Like you say, it's the most important part. He just needs that prep to get used to the car. And I said, if I had to race in March, 2024 <laughs> in this F1 grid and I had an entire year to get up to speed, no how far off would I be? I said five seconds. He went, nah. 10 seconds pushing it like and that's a year and i obviously have way less experience than you on track like but you. he does know you can't drive <laughs> <laughs> we I've are talking about tony here not you paul <laughs> i've done some single seat stuff yeah. i i know the general vibe of driving on track and i have done my first race at brown's <laughs> It wasn't a race. It's a procession. <laughs> Didn't come last. <laughs> Spun out of the pit. <laughs> I've driven faster beyond funeral. <laughs> well, look, I, I am going to look into it. Uh, maybe I am completely, yeah, stretching and I'm unrealistic of Tony's abilities and standards. But I, I, I it's say, not necessarily, it's not Tony's ability. It's, it's your underestimating, you're, you're uh, underestimating yeah. them. I, I easily could be. You I, are. I, I easily could be. But, I I have some confidence in this, so let's wait and see. I'm going to try. You're just an F1 fan, mate. You're just a fanboy. I am just a fanboy, <laughs> like you in football. Yeah, I course. watch any match. Any but, match but is I'm... on. I watch it. I pull over the side. No, of the he road doesn't. He realistic. doesn't watch Championship football. He only watches no, Premier no, League, no, top level yeah. football. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I'm realistic in the fact that what they can do. You're like underestimating what they. I'm can not do. underestimating. I, as a Formula One fan, I I massively. All I. All I am trying did that to on say, Sunday. all I am trying to say is that I, th I think you overestimate some elements of driving a Formula One car. I, th I, I think you overestimate some elements of it. I think, I think your argument that none of us can comprehend, I, I, that's all. My, I will not lose the bet if you get out of it and you're 20 seconds off a lap time, but you go, all right, you know, all right, what? I agree with you. <laughs> you were right. If I hear those sweet, but, sweet words. But if, I'm, but if I'm 20 seconds off, I would be right, wouldn't I? No, no, no. If I'm 20 I, seconds off. No, no, because I, anyway, let's move on. But <laughs> no, 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 I've got, I've got, okay. So we're, we we're, we're talking about like, okay, how long would it take to get up to speed with F1 or how long would it take if you train, train, trained in what sport do you believe if you train for 12 months every single day, like an elite athlete, what sport do you believe you could turn pro at? If turn you, pro. If you had if you had 12 months where you dedicated every single day to that craft, do you think there is a sport out there? Because I believe there is. Golf. 
That's one of the hardest. <laughs> you, you, you are joking. You are. I used clueless. to have a fourteen handicap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's hundreds, if not thousands, of people with a zero hand. But no, you know the reason and I said it? they're not on the PGA wait, tour. Goal. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. But it's, pro, but pro. Hold on a sec, because I, I thought I said that because can't you enter the cut of any professional? Not not PGA, but there's professional oh, with a zero handicap. Yeah, Gareth that's, that's Bell, why I said Gareth it. Bell's done it. He's yeah. unbelievable yeah. golf, but he's still entered as a pro am. And he is miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you still enter the difference between. Tony, a year. Forget selling cars. Forget buying cars and not selling them. <sighs> I think there's a video it, on if YouTube. If you, if you, if you asked me twenty years I ago, know what you're say. I yeah, would have said yeah, football yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh. But but now, I I think. With a year, I could do some sort of level of motorsport. That's what oh. I was going to say. Oh, so hold on a sec. Suddenly now you're backing yourself in F1. <laughs> but wait, no, no, no. There's a huge difference no. between rattling around in a touring car around Brands Hatch. You're pro then to what there is. Yeah, but I mean, a lot Archie of... Hamilton was a pro. I think he still is somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like their drives are being self-funded fundamentally, whether it's from a sponsorship or whether it's from deep pockets. Some of them are Motorsport from... is tricky to say whether you're professional or not as in like are you hired by ferrari to be a ferrari factory driver at le mans is that what you're saying no no or chance. are you They're saying you'd, quick, then, you could you'd, buy be, a... you'd be good enough to get the funding and sponsorship to back you in btcc i don't even think i, I don't even think i could get to that yeah well, that's just basically year. bumper cars so i think anyone could do it it's, it's, <laughs> it's not but if i if, if 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 i had a chance to do something it would be low level pro motorsport what about what you were nearly pro at when you were a kid that's what i whispered snooker yeah, yeah. that's what i whispered no, I to sam i wasn't nearly pro i was just really really quite Clean, good at it. cleaning yeah. up at, on the bets uh, at the snooker clubs <laughs> i whispered to sam that you'd say snooker i, I thought you'd say, say snooker. snooker no, no uh, i did think but it would have been football 20 years ago for sure. You know what, Karis 1987 said darts. No, see, I think that's not I, a sport. I think darts is, is very, very difficult F for me, obviously from a, from a tennis background. I think if I dedicated an entire year to table tennis, I'd become professional. Table tennis? At table tennis. No, I think that one you're underestimating as well. No, 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 no. Really? Yeah. yeah. There's actually an amazing video out there. I think someone did. 365 days built a table tennis table in his flat and played it every single day and he turned pro and he had no background what was the person there was an olympian which was a four-year turnaround wasn't there there was an olympian who watched either london 2012 or something like that and said next year next, i, I want to be in the next olympics yeah. trained for four years and got into the olympics well mm. i'll tell you what as another i think it was a long distance runner as well jake paul is now a professional Boxing. boxer yeah I mean, I mean you've just got busy. You've just got well, yeah. Based on that fight with Tommy Fury, it was yeah. pretty. No, but Izzy, like, well, because there's a lot. Of surely, opinion, pro professional boxing is when you when you turn pro, you you box without the headgear, right? Yeah, that, it is yeah. probably the easiest sport yeah. to turn pro in. But there's I different levels, though, mate. It's like it's yeah. like yeah, but that's what I mean. Put him in a ring with I don't know who his equivalent champion is in his category in a non-financial impeded fight. Up. Mm, I think yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, his fights are just money fights, aren't they? I'm, hey, mm. I'm sure I'd be knocked out in three seconds flat, but you wouldn't even get in. I wouldn't even get in. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd get in a ring with Jake Paul to. I'd just dance around him for a, for a round or two and just get the paycheck. I'd still get hit. Yeah, 
I wouldn't even mind getting knocked out, to be fair. I think it, I, <laughs> if I'm getting paid a couple of mil, I'll do it. Uh, let's throw to a couple of questions from the lives. Uh, we've got one coming in from Jones. Question for Tony. Should I trade in my 4S Taycan <laughs> oh. for a Volkswagen E-Up and a 996-997-911? Oh, this is a tricky question, Jones. VW um, Up GTI, surely. Wait, hold on a second. No, 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 no. He's saying he wants an electric oh. Up and that I need a fun car and three kids to kindergarten car. Ah, I'm in Norway. What a vibe. The new Taycan starts at around 80K and then line 11 around 150K. So he's basically saying that, yeah, he w- wants to trade up the Taycan, which I know you're going to say is a good idea, <laughs> for a v- for an E up and then a nine, an old 911. Well, I don't know the market in Norway, but good luck trying to come out of that Taycan in the first place because oh, the, the EV UK, market, they, they the are e- deaf in the UK. EV market in Norway is a vibe. Super strong. Yeah, yeah super yeah, yeah. strong. Okay, so you've got a chance. You'll be fine. But but why if you've got loads of kids, what do you want a nine eleven for? You you ain't gonna get them in. I think that's the VW E up that he was talking about. It's a complicated question, Jones. Clarify yourself, please. <laughs> uh, question for all. I have a 2014 RS4 and my dad has a 2013 C63 wagon. Who won? RS4? Yeah, me too, RS4. Uh, what, is it in a drag race? No, 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 as in who uh, who, 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 got the, who had the coolest car? Yeah, yeah. RS4. RS4, I would agree with you there. Drinks. Um, uh, David's asking about the Oz trip. That is scheduled for November. More details to come soon. Am I coming? Nope. Uh, but we are very close we are very very close to announcing our live events for this year so stay tuned they look like they're going to kickstart from june so uh eyes and ears peeled people and paul may be involved in one of those so yeah you know um it was getting a whole lot of questions which we will finish off christian did say that the guy in the video didn't turn pro but he just played in regular tournaments wait look bro i reckon i I, but he he started with no experience whereas for literally like 15 years of my life, probably from from five till 20, I literally did tennis tournaments every single week in summer holidays, every single week in half term. And literally, if it was rain, we'd be on a, te- on a table tennis or we'd be on the table. So we had a table tennis table Still at my wedding, pretty, didn't we? That's just, that's you were just, on my table. You were on the table tennis. At- I sat on it, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'd lie down. Um, okay, final couple of questions. Uh, most overhyped car in the last 10 years? That's from Brandon oh. Taylor. Carrera GT. Mm. No, wait a minute, what? that's no, wrong. That's, as old as it's not, 10 years. it's not the last 10 years, mate. Last no, 10 years. no, 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 no. Last, this 10 is last 10 years. Cars that have come out in the last 10 years. He's just, he's just desperate to get those two. Yeah. Look, at him. Look how smug he is. <laughs> <laughs> Launched a grenade in there. Depend, it depends. Like overrated is like over, overhyped. <clears throat> Are you going to say the Aventador? No. no I love the Aventador now. Good. I just, oh, oh that's true. It's the one that, yeah. Oh, that's part of shit, but I understand it. Uh, mine starts with a K. Koenigsegg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know why? Because anyone could build something as theoretically brilliant as that because mm. it doesn't have to work because none of them ever do. <laughs> like, I don't care what you're all saying. Oh, but they're engineering brilliant. Theoretically they are, but they simply do not work. Like message any Koenigsegg owner, their car will be at the factory, not working. Mm. So it's like me going, I'm going to build a car. It's going to have 2000 horsepower, six seats. It's going to be all wheel drive and rear wheel drive and have a manual gearbox that's on the roof. And it's going to be able to take <laughs> off and it's going to be able to do all these things. But, and there you go. There's one working example for a good reversal of speed and never works ever again. I've got one. Go on. 911 Sport Classic. <laughs> that is a pile of shit, that car, mate. Honestly. I mean, why would you have a rear wheel drive 
Turbo S with a manual gearbox. What a stupid car. <laughs> now, I know you've said that just to annoy me because why wouldn't you have that recipe? Because it's too fast. You're just too slow mm. a driver, mate. Paul? <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm instantly going down the Ferrari route because most of them are overhyped. That's a lie. It's not really. I mean, F- do you want to be invited back? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to say F8? The most underrated Ferrari of recent years? Well, yeah, it's hard because... That's a car for me that kind of didn't need to exist, but existed what, because obviously- the hybrid car weren't ready. Exactly, yeah. The two, <laughs> literally the 296 wasn't ready, so they just yeah. built it. So same um, about Lamborghini though, with the Aventador. I was just about to go. I didn't want to name an Aventador, but surely the Ultimate, considering the SVJ was supposed to be the last NA and actually Lamborghini, or at least their showrooms, were telling customers that is the last NAV12. And then obviously they flapped because the SF90 came out with a thousand brake horsepower at the weight that it was. And they realized that their new Aventador replacement was nowhere near that. (laughs) They had to like scrap the entire project, which is why they did the Ultimate. Um, But you really like the Ultimate. I really like the Ultimate. But I think I just liked... It does feel broken below 40 mile an hour though. I didn't think so. I genuinely didn't think so. I just, I really liked it for what it was. I wasn't judging it too harshly. I was just like, this is theoretically the best formula for an Aventador in its last iteration. And I think it's really good. But Paul, can I say something? Yeah. That's really bad that he says that because everything he says that's really good is actually really bad. (laughs) (laughs) So it is really bad. (laughs) I I mean, you're both going to disagree because none of you have driven a Murcielago and I'm a massive Murcielago fan. I've driven Murcielago. It's older than 10 years. Back to back with Aventador. The Murcielago is a better drive. It literally probably not wrong. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. Uh, Tony's Fat Wallet, one of our favourite live viewers, has said, uh, what family-friendly car will you replace your F-Type with? I guess that's aimed at me. Um, Well, we're a long way off that. I think the F-Type will go probably around summer time, I guess. Tony, do you want that car? No, thanks. (laughs) I thought you were saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to sell that. Uh, That'll go around summertime. So I think towards the end of the year is when I'm going to be looking to make a move on a family-friendly car. But in the next couple of weeks, I'm heading up to Alexander's Prestige to do... Uh, Bentley Continental GT versus 911 Turbo S versus Aston DBS versus Ferrari Roma. Oh, safe your fuels, Turbo yeah. S. Oh, no, Ooh. no, no, Ferrari Roma. Ferrari Roma, but actually uh, the one that I would buy is Bentley Continental GT. So that's kind of where my head's at, but I've never driven DBS. Okay, so... You would have the Ferrari... You think the Ferrari Roma is the best driving car out of all of them? Yeah. Are you well? No. I know, we're clearly <laughs> So you know, they were all. They're basically that's two, they're all two hundred grand uh, ultimate GT. So I don't think that's what I'm going to end up going towards. It's, it's just a sort of a, an interesting piece of content. Um, can I come? Uh, if you want to, you yeah. can help me film again. If you want to be a stunt driver, I love Alexander's prestige. If you want to be a stunt driver, yeah, you bring, can your cap. Yeah. <laughs> bring your cap. Yeah, bring a cap and a jacket. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, final questions from Christian. Any plans on doing a road trip to Central Europe, Slovakia, Czech Republic, Poland, etc.? Um, mm. I think that'd be amazing. We keep talking about trying to get in uh, a road trip. Uh, we're just struggling with all of our diaries at the moment, but uh, we actually really had properly lined up a trip to Croatia with routes planned and stops and things like that but uh, oh, that, yeah. to, that had to get cancelled unfortunately what about Romania yes. why did that get cancelled because uh, I had to go somewhere he couldn't do it oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had to change well, he bailed going. he literally planned the entire trip and it was like sorry guys can't come can't come uh, transfer, ga- transfer garrison in Romania we've been looking at for sure I had an amazing time in Poland when I went during Drive the World Czech Republic never been to but yeah so for sure we're, we're trying to make it happen I've been to Slovakia 
Uh, I've been through, I've, I've driven through yeah. Slovakia as well, yeah, but not done any driving roads knowingly. So, yeah, uh, we'll try and make that happen, but I think it's realistically what's going to be September, October time, isn't mm. it? If we're actually honest with ourselves. Yeah. Unless we can find a little cheeky July week away, but I think it's unlikely. Probably the kids are off and the roads are busy. The kids. Damn uh, kids. Sorry, dad chat. <laughs> I can go. <laughs> on your own yeah well you might as well go on your own I have, have, have a fantastic time I normally drive by myself on our road trips <laughs> you, you, you do yeah. you just go straight to the end destination and then we just see you on the side of the road taking pictures of cars or, or birds yeah I was going to say and not the ones in bikinis the ones <laughs> in the sky anyway we will wrap up this episode here because as you can tell we could stay for about another three hours but uh, that is the end of the latest Car Park Chats episode we'll be back with you again potentially from a European destination, but I think maybe we're going to have one more episode before that. But there is a trip that, anyway, well, the Monaco trip, a lot of you know about. So there's a chance that we're all going to be there at the same time. So that could be quite a cool Car Park Chats episode. Uh, next week, Tony and I will be back by ourselves. Uh, as we mentioned right at the start, Paul and I did just record a new episode of After the Checkered Flag, our F1 special series. So if you want to check that out now, you can head over to our recast page, recast.tv forward slash behind the glass. That's also where you can go to join us live for these recording sessions. Uh, and then uh, uh, if not, you can check out uh, Spotify, Apple Music, um, those kind of places for audio only versions of this episode or this show and the main F1 show. Um, and yeah, that's about it. So if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravel Castles on most social media, uh, most social media platforms. <laughs> Paul is at Wallace PJW and I'm at Scene Through Glass. We'll be back with you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye.